So we started tracking his speed with the vest. And he's running 20 miles an hour. And this is a dude who's oh wow 275 pounds. He's moving. Dude, he's moving. And, like, he doesn't run. We literally do not run at all. <laughs> he might run a total of a mile in the whole year. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Garage Strength Podcast. We're the podcast formerly known as Masters of Sport. <laughs> yes, so that's the, big, that's the big information that we're going to share with you is that we're rebranding the Masters of Sport Podcast to become the Garage Strength Podcast brought to you to help you, really, to help you become a master of sport. So, Yeah, Garage Strength Podcast. It's that simple. Yeah knowledge and gains to help you get as swole as possible and again for branding purposes to become a master of sport innervate innervate the gray matter in your brain <laughs> with knowledge yeah hey, where did the term master of sport come from the term master of sport came from the basically like the soviet system um would have athletes achieving specific levels and so they would have these these levels identified in their various sports and they'd have uh different ways of attaining different levels of mastery uh, until they would become that that sport master that master of sport for high jumpers master of sport for you know uh, weightlifting here's and, your black belt yeah so I exactly like that and i think that that's we've actually had ways of implementing here at garage strength those types of levels um and we will be at some point in the next two to three years implementing that into uh, peak strength into the app but that's sort of where the the original master of sport podcast came into being but we've gotten peppered we've had thoughts on the back end of like let's just possibly you know we've done a good job over the last year and a half to two years filming a lot of these episodes and then just slowly transitioning it to become now garage strength podcast so that everybody can sort of equate this with one giant brand really yeah Garage so strength where, brand. Yeah, that's where it comes Cultivating from. Cultivating the power. And this episode is brought to you by Peak Strength. You can head over to peakstrength.app, the Google Play Store, the Apple iOS Store. You can download Peak Strength for seven free days of training. And if you don't like it during those seven free days of training, you can cancel at any single time. You can develop all of the workouts that you want based off the equipment that you need, based off the amount of times that you want to train every single week. So the worst thing that you can do is to do nothing. You can get that for seven free days of training. Cancel at any single moment. Peakstrength.app. But you'll definitely like it and you'll keep it. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I would. All right. We're going to be... Well, let's imagine something first. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm, let's I just like imagine. It. <laughs> yeah. Take a rubber band, Dane. Yeah. Imagine, listener, and pull it apart and yeah. just stretch it. And then let it fly. Boom. Hit your brother right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Now take that image, that elasticity image, and begin to think about it in a muscle. Yeah. Stretching it. Let it fly. An overstretched rubber band, though, like, you know, you're sitting there doing, uh, not knocking it in any way, yoga or something like that. Right. And that muscle just gets long, long, long. And where does the elasticity go? Right. You just lose it. It, it disappears. There's no more snap. You can't like put it between your fingers and imagine just being painful quick, real fast, making it happen. Right. All right. But we want to be springy. We want those muscles to shoot, you know, rapid fire 
athletic. I know some people that are on the main channel with Garage Strength want to combat this idea that muscles can't be athletic. Yeah, 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 which is interesting. Yeah, and one of the best ways to make muscles athletic is plyometrics. Right. So we want that rubber band so we can shoot it at our brother's faces or a sibling's (laughs) face or your buddy next to you in class. And you go, you ever do that? Put it between your fingers, pull the one end back, and like put it on someone's skin? Or shoot, uh, we used to shoot paper wasps. We call them paper wasps. We pull back like that. Oh, okay. Like, very nice. Yeah. Nice and quick and springy. Yeah, and I I think the interesting part is, you know, we were discussing rate coding earlier today, Earl, and I think that... You brought it up. I'm still learning about it. Yeah, but but like going into... I mean, going, I guess this is getting into it pretty quickly is like the benefit behind plyometrics is like, I see, you know, if we have a weightlifter who tends to catch a snatch and like they sort of plop in the hole, uh, they lack that sort of like, like, let's say they catch, they plop in the hole and they really got a stable, like crazy. Um, and they just they just tend to not be as snappy into that catch position. They're there's lacking that sort of elasticity for whatever whatever reason. It could be a genetic reason. It could be uh, an injury from a from a previous sport or whatever, or from in this case weightlifting, um, or they just haven't learned it either. And I think that that's another thing is that when we ignore something like plyometric based training, we forget that it's one of the fastest ways to sort of teach someone those skills. And I think that if you look at a rubber band, it's like an innate, it's a, it has that innate quality of being elastic. Yeah. The human muscle has that innate quality as well. And, and you can see that in, in a child, you know, I look at Keenan and Seneca right now and just how elastic they are as, as children yeah, like they're four years you old you never see a child that's not like immobile right. in all positions yeah like they, can they can just, can just do, do it. anything and i think that that's where it's almost like bringing back that elasticity and that innate ability by bringing in that that high speed rate coding really or better yet never losing it too. yeah 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 always that, keeping that is, it there like yeah for all, sure like kids let kids play multiple sports and mm-hmm. let them play like right you are not going to the Olympics at seven years old, unless maybe you're a gymnast, but I don't know if you're allowed to do no, that. No, I don't anymore. think they're allowed till they're 14 or 15 yeah. now. So it's like, that's, and, and, you know, using gymnastics, that's a great example of what an elastic yeah. athlete is. That's like a prime example, right? They're, right. I feel like they don't operate outside of like a power 15, maybe. Maybe a little power endurance because some of the routines, yeah, like, maybe their floor routines, but not. Or, but that or even, even feels a, more like power fifteen and blast sustained impulse because they get those little like breaks in between from like the super powerful movements. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Where they can recover, I'm maybe th- on the bars a little bit. That's where I was thinking. Like that stuff kind of turns. But that like, would be very the speci- upper body stuff is yeah. more, and it would be very specific to like grip work. Yeah, that's why they always look like, especially the male gymnasts. Are, like are just they huge. look like houses yeah they're they're enormous they're shredded yeah it's insane but yeah i think that that's where the the benefit behind it and, and it's like it but behind plyometrics is that you could take someone who is doing uh i mean even like a deadlift and teach them on the eccentric like hey you know when you lower to the to this position try to get a little bounce off the floor and a lot of people hate you know touch and go deadlifts but touch and go deadlifts to me are actually like a plyometric version of the deadlift. 
and that that ability to have that quick stretch shortening cycle yeah teaches them then to use a dynamic start in the pull and that's like one thing that power lifters don't really talk a lot about is that if if you learn like a top down deadlift and you you take it out of the rack and you lower it and you get a little touch and go then when you go to use that dynamic start if you use a dynamic start you want to pull that same feeling because that that is the rate coding really you're using the dynamic start to try to recruit a ton of high threshold motor units to deadlift you know 800 pounds or whatever but in essence, the plyometric earlier is what taught you how to do yeah, that. A plyometric in and of itself is a stretch shortening cycle. Like yes. every time every the movement time. Yeah. occurs. Yeah. And to the point where I, I don't know for certain, but like powerlifting tries to eliminate stretch shortening cycles. To Yeah, pretty much. Like pauses. Yeah, like just. I don't know how I, so that's much, the sport. They're but, wearing so much gear that they basically can't because yeah. they can't lengthen. Well, not the raw though. The yeah, raw is true. Um, like Big Ray would actually do like a dive bomb back squat. So in the back squat, they would have stretch shortening cycle, but not as much in the bench. Okay, and it's just like, why would you eliminate that athletic part of the movement in the sport? Sorry, power lifters, if I put that out there. The reg the body. I of think it. to try to make it easier to judge, but I think, you know, I mean, this is all the way off the topic of plyometrics, but it actually, to me, what makes sports entertaining is when they're faster speed there's some sense of of uh that's definitely not off topic because plyometrics fully go into faster speed like yeah. they make you faster yeah and that's the whole thing is like when you look there's either combat there's crazy endurance uh there's something that's happening at a very high speed or somebody is like moving something that is relatable at at a very precise technical skill like tennis golf baseball mm -hmm. And that's the one sad thing with powerlifting is like the deadlift is is pretty relatable, but it's hard for a normal person to relate to like a squat or a bench. It, it actually, and I know squat sounds weird, but a lot of people don't understand what it feels like to have six, seven hundred <laughs> yeah. pounds on their back. I recently squatted, back squatted for the first time in months because I don't have a squat rack in my basement, so I'd just been cleaning and front squatting. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh my. The next day, my traps were sore. Yeah, from where it's at. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize how much I use my glutes and hamstrings when I squat. Yeah. But like, they were just lit up my back to like feeling it go down. So I wanted to bring something and up. It wasn't even heavy. <laughs> Earl, oh, <laughs> just Pennsylvania pressed 100 kilos. And where I wanted to go with this was. <laughs> I know in the past when, when we had talked about when you had started a distance run and stuff, you had you felt like you were losing some pop on yeah. your jumps. And I wanted to bring up, you know, you you trained, you you did a lot of CrossFit. You did, you know, you trained with GS for four or five years. You did a lot of jumping. You've done a lot of jumping in your career. You you played football, so you were explosive. Yeah. I will tell you when I played football, I squatted once a week and I probably didn't even squat often. I prefer to leg press. I did plyometrics constantly. Oh, I remember you, you've said that before. And yeah. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew if you, I jumped, I could get faster. Right, right. And and so that's where I, I wanted to share this because I was, I was watching you do the PA press. You're taking it off the rack and you're doing like a 100-kilo sissy squat, which I was watching you like, you're such an idiot. It was easier that way. <laughs> and then you're loading it and then going. And the 
coolest and driving and then you you know you hit the 100 kilos after you, a few i missed a few, a few fails, times but you did smack 90 and and for a triple yeah and then <laughs> so you knew it would happen the the thing is is that the unique part about the pa press is that you're in essence learning how to do if if anyone's ever done a kneeling jump where you are kneeling and you jump to a standing position yeah the pa press is essentially a kneeling jump with a lot of weight Okay, so you're taking this, and as I was watching, I'm like, you're doing a stretch shortening cycle. You're lengthening your quads, uh-huh. and then, and you're even length- lengthening your glutes, and then you're extending really quickly as you drive those hips through. So it's a lot of hamstrings and glutes to 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 hip extend, and then transfer that energy into the bar. And the interesting part was, it took you a couple sets to 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 find the groove. Yeah. But because you've developed that skill of jumping and that skill, and I'm sure you've done tuck jumps or, or kneeling jumps. I'm, we might have even programmed them at some Low point. Low key, when I was a high school kid, I could actually standing backflip. Okay, so so <laughs> that's a, that's a, another a good example. Is like that skill very very likely transferred to what you did with the PA press when you've been untrained. You did a 220 pound, basically a strict press with a dynamic start. And I think that that's the unique part and that even in general fitness, like what plyometrics does for, you know, we have a, a woman who trains who's like 68 and I always, oh, wow. I always say to Christine, I'm I want to be like that person. Yeah. And I always tell her like, we're training you now so that when you slip on ice or you trip, you, you get your foot stuck on a route as you're out on a hike, you can re- react quickly. You got your stumble reflex and you can recover very, very fast. That's part of the reflexive work, but it's also part, part of the, the plyometric training to fire and for your body to have the skills. And I think that that's, you know, that example with her, but even more so with you is that is, is those, those high speed, again, the rate coding, your body knows how to uh, recruit the high threshold motor units very, very quickly because it can sense the tension in those different positions from the muscle spindles and from your Golgi tendon organ. And that's what helps you execute that. And, my early fails, I commented to you. I was like, it wasn't in the groove. Yeah, yeah, you were like, out of it. I was like, it, it. I, it pulled me forward, uh-huh. and I was like, my abs, like I had no base. It was like no go, dude. And you saying that 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 isn't, dude. That's a whole nother thing about jumping. Is that when you jump at high speeds, and and this takes a lot of time, and some athletes just don't have it. Like sadly, some athletes never figure it out with jumping, but when you learn how to jump and land effectively, you find like it, it, you could call it the groove or the slot. You find those slots that make your body move so easier. And it's like a greased, it's like a greased yeah. area that there's no friction that it's just like, all right, now I can, I can hit this well. And it, and it's similar to throwing. It's similar to sprinting. You, you know, the best sprinters in the world will even talk about that where they just feel like everything's just sliding just blast impulse and through yeah exactly and that's exactly what's happening from from the plyometric based training is like when you land there's going to be lengthening in your calf there's going to be lengthening in your quad there's going to be lengthening in your hamstring and it's happening at an absurd speed that then like if you're doing a, let's just try to visualize if you're doing a hurdle hop when you're landing you learn how to recruit faster and faster and faster and and a lot of it is is actually happening um with minimal conscious intention. Yeah. That's what else is wild. When you can just react yeah, first. Like, it, you're just letting your body go. Instead of doing it. Dane, I wanted to talk about plyometrics a little bit from a programming standpoint, too. You're getting it all into the science yeah, with yeah, people. Sorry. And 
uh, how they go. You cool for that shift or you want to keep yeah, going? With no, the I'm sun? good. I'm good. You good? Yeah, because I, I do think people get confused on when to put it into their program yeah. and how to put it in. So let's go into sort of a day by day thing. Um, one method I know you will use within parabolic periodization that like garage strength programming for sports performance type methodology is with contrast training. Yeah. And the contrast training, what day is that on? Is that more on the, the impulse day you would do that? Or, and I, I say that tentatively cause I know that follows the athlete day a lot of times. Yeah. Or do you do that on the lower body power day? That like, would depend on the time of the season. Like, okay. What, so what, it's phase dependent. Yeah. Certainly phase dependent. If I would have like, let's say comprehension phase would probably be the more, more predominant period I would do it. And I would, in this case that you just provided, let's say I have a football player mm -hmm. who's in the comprehension phase. I would do, let's say they're a little slow, right? And it's April and we got to build in towards like they, they've got their combines and tests and stuff coming up. I would do the, on during the comprehension phase, I would do it on the leg power day. I would do contrast training, which would mean, let's say we do a one box clean or something, and then we would do, you know, pause back squats or back squats to a box or something like that, or single leg squats. And then I would have them rest for about a minute and a half to two minutes. And then we would do some type of single leg jump if they're doing single leg squat, or they would do hurdle hops or something. Uh, and then they would rest two minutes and come back to the Do you ever movement. go unilateral bilateral yeah, between have. the two? I have done that, yeah. I think Wh it's effective. What makes that decision? Like, why do you decide, like, all right, we're doing pause front squats into unilateral plyometric work? What? In all reality, it just comes down to <laughs> what do we have with room in the back? Okay. <laughs> it's like, that's like the practical part. Yeah, but from a practical point part, that's also a creative part, too. Yeah, yeah. Because... Uh, this is just an Earl pet peeve and not really a pet peeve. You can have the whole world at your disposal to be creative. And sometimes it's too much and it ends up being, you like, don't even know. Yeah. It's, where it's, if you limit yourself yeah. to like a st structure of things you can use and how to use it, yep. your creativity actually has to escalate right, to be right. able to make things I, happen. I 100, I mean, I've talked to you about that. I think we've talked about that on here with music musicians do that yeah. a lot. And I think that that's, I mean, writers will do that a lot. Writers will even lock themselves in like a small room and limit themselves to feedback from the yeah. outside world because they feel better with how they yeah, lock yourself into your brain yeah, like, yeah. and see what comes out of it. If there's no input coming from anywhere else. And I think like that's, that's something that in, in the con confinement of the gym, you know, I think, I think the best way to look at it is if, is if you have an athlete who's, let's say their back squat's not that good. The priority would become their back squat. Uh, and, and, and typically, if their back squat's not that good, typically, again, not, not always, they're going to be faster athletes. They have longer legs and stuff. They're going to be more athletic if, if all things are created equal, like out on the field. If you have someone who, uh, let's say their back squat is pretty good, a lot of times those guys are a little slow on single leg stuff. So we might do single leg stair jumps or single leg whiz jumps okay. or the mini hurdle hops. Or, That's how it gets in the plyometrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or even if it's the exposure phase, I would do something like skips for distance. Can you cover this distance in two skips on each leg? Now, why the skips for distance in the exposure phase? Is it is an the easier, Yeah, and it's easier. It's easier to learn Okay, so what I'm hearing then is skill level turns down earlier in the phase earlier yeah and you can do the unilateral earlier because the volume is naturally just higher yeah because you have to do it twice yes like you can't escape that 100 yeah. all right yeah 
now I you know and and going off of this is like I think then as as let's say you get closer to a peak some of that contrast stuff I would shift later in the phases to impulse day okay yeah let's talk about We'll leave that there. I want to move into Athlete Day. Okay. Because Athlete Day is like... The pride and joy of yeah. garage strength. Dude, everybody loves Athlete Day. Because they do because it's mentally so... It's it's a relief, but it's also so fun. And you also feel better about yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, I can still do these cool but things. But it's amazing, though, what it actually does. Yeah, yeah. And I will say as someone who trained hard and then sort of was like... I don't have the time to train hard, but I like still want to train like just health versus being competitive. Right. Athlete day was one of the first things to go for me. And it was one of the first ways I ever noticed I wasn't as strong. Yeah. 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 Cause you're jumping and you're like, shoot. Yeah. What the heck? I'm where, landing higher or I'm landing lower. On where these you boxes. would like where I went from like, okay, I know I could snatch that, but like I could do a 48 inch, box jump for a double yeah yeah like yeah, something yeah. weird like that and it's like i wouldn't even dream yeah. of getting that high right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like when i when we were filming the one video jason had me do uh single leg stair jumps and i hadn't warmed up or anything and like dude even when i was fat i didn't have to warm up to do those and yeah. i was like I felt like a Clydesdale going up the steps. <laughs> I was like, dude, I need to start doing these at least just like once every two weeks. Yeah. And I think that that's, that shows you. And, and for me, especially even like I've been running more. It's like, I, I like that, that would, that would have a good trade off for distance running. But I, I wanted to bring this up. We take someone like Sam. Okay. So Sam does, um, power clean, pa uh, power clean, full clean right now in this program. And he get he gets up to like one seventy, so like three seventy five. Then he does back squats, four sets of four, two hundred fifty. Is this minutes. on his leg power day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this is day one. He does all that work. Then he does the accessory work. Well, sometimes he doesn't do his accessory work, but let's pretend he does it all. Then he does his like his upper body day. Okay, so that's day two. Now we get to day three. This is athlete day. Athlete now. day. Yes. Yeah. So now he's on athlete day. He warms up on the PVC pipe. They play some balloon volleyball. They they do some things back and forth, and then they start to balloon volleyball on the PC PVC, PVC pipe. Yeah, just just hitting it back and forth, like clowning around. That's well, a good one, there, dude. It's really good. It's it's legit. Taman's pretty good at it, actually. But so they 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 do this, and then they start doing their jumps, and they start with easy jumps, and then they build into the more complex ones. What I wanted, where I wanted to go with this is, so Sam does four plyometrics. Okay, so four different jump modalities and then he has 15 meter sprints outside so he has eight 15 meter sprints so we started tracking his speed with the vest and he's running 20 miles an hour and this is a dude who's oh wow 275 pounds he's moving dude he's moving and like he doesn't run like we literally do not run at all <laughs> he might run a total of a mile in the whole year, like adding up all of the, the yeah. small sprints and stuff. He's not on a football field. He's not on a soccer field. He, do, he doesn't run. But because he does so much plyometric work, now the first week he was running at like 19-2, 19-6, second week. And now he's like, dude, I'm, I'm cooking. Like I'm burning. And this he, is just from the phases, like yeah, from building into this. And, and Where's he at now, if you don't mind me asking or so he's in week three of the um, ascension phase. Okay, so he's in the intensity sort of portion yeah, of it. Yeah. So it makes sense then, like, oh, volume, volume. 
here's now our payoff now. Yeah, exactly. That, and it's being demonstrated through his actual speed, which we're saying plyometrics make you faster. Exactly. And, yeah. and concrete GPS data, you know. You can see it. Yeah, it's tracking his, his – and, and the other guys are wearing it too. I, I, I'd have to ask Legend what the other guys are running, but I know Sam was the one. Now, someone like Nicholas is going to run – 21 plus 22 miles an hour i think he has run 22 miles an hour but he's a running back yeah you know, and he's got the speed sam has speed i've raced against him and it's crazy when you run against him but it, it just shows how how effective plyometrics can be and the trade-off that you get because yeah of that. real quick athlete day Bilateral, unilateral pairing. Yeah, yeah. Usually, almost always. Yeah. That would be the second after the PVC pipe walks. Yeah, yeah. two A, two A, two A, and two B would be easy bilateral. So let's say a box jump is easier, or a a, a bound that's easy. Three A, three B would then be another unilateral and bilateral. But you'll so get into jump series there. Yeah, or you, do you could you could do like hurdle hops would be more intense. Single leg stair jumps would be more intense. You could do single like mini hurdle hops through a series. You could do Jan Jump Series is another one. Um, recently, I started going back into my archives, and I, I got one where we go side, middle, side, middle, forward, middle, back, middle, hurdle hop, hurdle hop, hurdle hop. Damn. So That's it's a like, lot of jumps. <laughs> it's like side. It's all unilateral side stuff, and uh -huh. then it's hurdle hops bilateral. So you can you can get a real complex series. Do you have that. to do like a 3A, 3B then? No, then you... I would just do one. Okay. Yeah. And then that's, you know, that's, we might do six or seven sets of each thing. And by the time you're done, you basically have like, I mean, you, you literally will get to the point where you've got like 24 sets of jumps yeah. in a day. And people think, oh, that's too much. It's not too much. First of all, it's not too much if they're having fun. That decreases the stress so much because they're not worked up over yeah, it. Sometimes people get too much into like the physical, like, Think about how you mentally feel yes. when people are doing it. Yeah. Like when you're playing, like if you're on a PVC pipe roller, which you can get at Garage Strength Equipment, right? That's right. GarageStrength.com. And probably even a foam balance pad if you're a wrestler, especially, and you have to do quiz jumps or any yeah. unilateral work like that. It'd be very it's beneficial key. to you, especially if you've been using the um, Peak Strength app and you need some of that equipment to help that go on right up your alley. Go and get some of that. Yes. Um, but like you get that stuff, you're having fun. Like I'm just thinking about playing PVC pipe volleyball with a balloon and like i want to go home and do that yeah like, it's enjoyable yeah like I, i'd laugh about that yeah, yeah so. that's that's the big thing that it's and that's the, like doing something like that now we start to bring in like the trunk control the foot stability yeah now that wakes up like your body starts to think like oh i'm preparing there it feels like it's on an unstable surface because it is and then you're doing some other hand-eye coordination stuff so that makes your your proprioception even greater and then you go into the jumps and now your body is really well prepared for that. So like the science says to all those people who question athletic muscle, the rate coding picks up. Yeah. And the higher intensity too actually creates like what does it technically create the myofibular hypertrophic work because of the intensity and the speed of it being so fast? Hmm. That's interesting because it would be the load, so so I'm trying to think through like okay, the, the mechanism would be just going. I'm trying to think backwards. If if we don't know the answer to this, we're like and, and this is where through it. <laughs> okay, so this is what I would argue. It is very very well known that high jumpers, triple jumpers, um, long jumpers have 
extraordinarily dense tendons, like insanely dense. Okay. So, so that so I hear a yes in here. Yeah, be, because <laughs> if you look at hypertrophy, is essentially there's there's three types. There's myofibrillar, which is when there's more myofibers. Okay. Sarcoplasmic is when the actual sarcoplasm expands in the muscular cell. And then there's tendon and ligament hypertrophy. Okay. So that's the third. That's the third. So I, I mentioned the wrong one. I got to step up my science well, game. Yeah, but even here's the here's the other thing is that when your body is aware that a tendon is is more dense, uh -huh. it then is more likely to gain muscle mass on that supporting that supporting limb because it knows that the tendon and the ligament is thicker and it can handle that load. Okay. So the the where this goes back to with plyometrics and long jumpers, domino and, effect. And high, yeah, exactly. And high jumpers is that now high jumpers and high jumpers don't want a lot of hypertrophy because they don't want to gain a lot of weight. That's like their their big thing is they want to be as skinny as possible, yeah. but as strong as they possibly can be while maintaining a very very minimal amount of mass. So they will lift absurdly heavy weights with minimal time under tension. And then they will also do a shit ton of plyometrics. So they're like the king and queens of like one to three reps. Then. Yes. I mean, uh, the triple jump world uh, world record holder, Jonathan Edwards. Okay. He's triple jumped over 60 feet. He was known for power cleaning 330 pounds and he weighed like 160 pounds. That's awesome. And you can, you can look him up online and that's where it's like, you could, you could find, you could find who Jonathan Edwards is. And if you watch how they would train, how they would lift, it was extraordinarily heavy all the time and, and pushing at a very high intensity, but also the plyometrics creates that, that dense, that dense, uh, structure so that it can handle that load. So plyometrics help. I'm getting a phone call from Josh Sirachin, who's the number two discus thrower in the country right now. <laughs> so I told him to stop calling me when we're when we're podcasting and when I'm coaching. He Josh. probably did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So plyometrics for sure then increases max velocity. And I'm talking I'm saying this right now because we're talking about situational strength characteristics with anyone who's re like read yeah, the yeah. book. We talk yeah. about that. It's one of the that transient speed. Yes. An absolute strength. Yes, 100%. So max velocity is kind of like plyometrics sort of like just feeds it, fuels it. It's the gas pump, it's the ethanol, it's yeah. whatever, it's the protein you're eating, whatever yeah, yeah, metaphor yeah. you want with yeah. it. Um, let's talk about some durational strength characteristics and how they relate to plyometrics. Okay. Um, do you want to start with the hard one or the easy one? Give me an easy one. All right, blast impulse. How does it – so stuff under basically – a second, two uh, yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like, so to to me, it would be. I mean, I'll, like I'll just use the hurdle hop example. So this hops. is an exercise to do how to program for it as well, yeah, too. In there, let's say a hurdle hop would be blast impulse. You get three hurdles and you do a depth drop. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, that transfer to me actually transfers to the first step for a football. Let's say first. Let's say we're identifying this, or even as a basketball player football player basketball player that it's like that jab step to go yes exactly that will directly transfer to that and it will also transfer to if you land and then you have to react and get up for a rebound or you have to time the block of a shot when it goes up time the block of of a pass yeah similar things volleyballs i mean obviously it's going to transfer really well to volleyball um that's where i'd i would foresee blast impulse will transfer there but it's also it will also transfer at max velocity even when you're sprinting yeah because of how quickly the impulse 
of when you ground down the track, that's all essentially blast impulse that is also being supported. And this is outside of the realm of plyometrics, but sort of as a supporting role is, is your aerobic capacity plays a pretty big role in that. Do you want to go to the hard one then? Oh, geez. Since you kind of brought it up. Yeah. How do, how do plyometrics help with like classical endurance from a durational strength characteristic? That's, that's really good because I, I think that... So there's a, essentially like a threshold of what your bot what your body can do without tapping into um let's let's say in this case using me as an example i go out for a five mile run my body is just constantly tapping into that aerobic the aerobic capacity that i have built up over time now i hit a super eight percent grade hill uh -huh. and it's 400 meters long my body will tap into the glycolytic system to I'll start to lean and I have to start to drive. So because of the intensity there, now I'm starting to use the glycogen even more that's in my muscular storage at this point uh, to create even more ATP to give me the boost to get up the hill. At the at, Up to that point, I had been using the aerobic system and I'm still using the aerobic system to create the ATP to get me up the hill. So... I want to tell a story here now Okay, that proves this point anecdotally. I went maybe a year ago for a run with a coworker, a coworker who exercises regularly. Yeah. Is fit, like has app, like looks, can look the part too. Not garage strength fit by but no means. Healthy. But fit, healthy. Yeah. yeah. Eats well, like is conscious of all this stuff. And I was like, go for a run with me. And this is when I was running all the time. And he's like, all right. So... We do about six miles in like under an hour, around an hour, maybe an hour and six minutes. And he starts. But what I noticed was every time we hit a hill, he's gassing. He, he's gassing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm just pulling away. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just because I was in better running shape. But, the, it, but now it. as you talk about it, yeah. it was essentially I have more spring in my step. I could tap into that energy system better right. from all the 100%. strength training I did. Yeah. And I, I now, just, if I you feel didn't like have it, that, that aerobic base, you would die. Right. But when you have the aerobic base, which classic endurance does, they always do. I mean, they, they're in the, that's their sport. If, if you have that aerobic base, let's say, let's use an example. This is an interesting one. Okay. Let's say we have a swimmer who's a 500 meter swimmer. Okay. Or a triathlete. They should still have periods where they try to increase like a max pull up for a triple. So let's say they put a 35 pound kettlebell and they try and hit, hit a max pull up for a triple. That's pretty heavy for a triathlete. But if they have the ability to have greater power output and they can coordinate their rate coding is better and their aerobic thresholds a little bit higher and they just use their, their aerobic energy system to create the ATP to still have that power output. And then they get into a position where they've got a sprint at the last 100 meters. Then it would tap into the other two, you know, a lactic and, and uh, glycolytic system as like the booster. Okay. So then the, it comes back to if they can tap into that and it's strong. Now they get that, that extra push to out sprint their opponent to out swim their opponent. If they're trying to out touch them or whatever it might be. So it's like in that case, 
we have to make sure their aerobic capacity is very high, but we also have to make sure that they can tap into that strength level that they need. And I even would use the example of like a distance runner. If they would do like single leg squats and they, they don't need to go to 200 kilos. Like, dude, just single leg squat 80 kilos for a triple or a set of yeah, five. Crush it. You're like, it's it would probably be plenty. We could start getting into like unbroken reps too yeah, and go yeah. into durational strength characteristics with that. And you get you get an 800 meter runner or a 1500 meter runner, they're they're going to have less strides per lap. And when you have less strides per lap, your energy economy drastically improves. So if you're doing that lifting or you're doing the plyometric work, it's the peripheral means of how plyometrics then help out the classic yeah. endurance. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Yeah. You, you did really well with that one, Dane. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Um, you ready for uh, overrated, underrated? Oh, shit, yes. Yeah. I, all right. Overrated, underrated. Home hurdle hops. Underrated? Nobody does them. They're amazing. Dude, they're amazing. I love them so much. They're, they're like... They're incredibly hard. Yeah, they're hard, and, it, and they're really hard if you're going off of your, non, your non-standard your plant. Like, if you're watching this podcast, you need to look up home hurdle hops and go do them right now real like basic it's you jump and land off on the same foot right yeah and it's yep exactly like that it's It's, you almost look like a deer yes i feel like but and stefan holm i want to say there's a video of him doing them and he he also has the highest height to height jumped ratio oh wow yeah he was like five so he's the shortest person to jump the highest type of thing yes exactly yeah exactly and actually uh and the 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 female who has the highest short to short to height ratio. jump is Anika McPherson, who I programmed her strength training for about four months. Very nice. I just want to throw that in there because she's a total beast too. All right, overrated, underrated. Mini hurdle hops. Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh oh, uh, you have to make a decision. Overrated. Okay, so. Overrated or underrated mini hurdle hops. I'm going to go with. Do it. Underrated. Oh, you (laughs) you wimp. The only reason I'll say that they're underrated is because I think the way people use them is they use them poorly. I think there's people use them. I think people use them like doing like hurdle hops, like bilateral. Oh, and I think the one thing that you can train someone is that you can similar to like a wicket drill? And you're for talking sprinters. like forward too, not yeah. even like diagonal I, or side, yeah, just I, I horizontal. Think they, they they miss out on all the crazy series. They forget the joystick, create. the omnidirectional portion exactly. of it. And I think that's the one thing with them. And two, you can lengthen someone's stride by teaching them how to bound more by reaching for these positions. And you could you can do a lot of stuff with triple jumpers and long jumpers with a mini hurdle. I think I would say functionally they're overrated but i think when you you should have said from the beginning when you dive deeper into what they offer they're underrated all right overrated underrated this is the last one you ready for this one is is this strength related or is this like pop pop culture this one's strength related though okay depth drops oh my god dude these are hard (laughs) (laughs) come on you gotta say something. just a depth drop yeah just a depth drop is overrated Man. I'm sorry, Earl, but it is. It's like I like a depth drop. Okay, I will like I, I will let me say this. I like a depth drop to teach kids how to land. But what I want to see is how they land and go. So it's like depth drop into a bound. Quick that's, aside. That's what I would say. Have you ever used a depth drop as pre-fatigue or as I like to say 
it's not innervation innervation training no i haven't for squats that would be really good for squats yeah also, I'm saying it's under or I'm overrating it, but like I do think they're they yeah. Have a great, I know you use it. it, it you got to throw a little sprinkle. All right, pop culture. You ready? Yeah. <sighs> Wolverine. Underrated. The, the character of Wolverine is <laughs> underrated. I love Wolverine. <laughs> you know, my I, biggest pet peeve with Wolverine. You know what he's made out of? Adamantium. Yeah, yeah adamantium. Whatever. Yeah. And his bone structure too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that bugged me the most, Hugh Jackman's like 6'6", I think. I don't know. Wolverine is 5'3". Jason's checking Hugh Jackman's height. I think. Wolverine is like... saying you're wrong. Wolverine is like 5'3", 5'4". He is a a small, feral beast. Hugh Jackman's that tall. No, about Wolverine. I am right about that. I think my my whole thing though is I love the story behind Wolverine, the healing factor. Yeah, and I and it's like he's on steroids or something. All he the can time. just recover. Yeah, and and I and I love, I really like his character, and I all that PTSD. Yeah, I I just really, especially in that the X Men and X Men Two, the like the when they when they did the new ones. This is I mean this is like two thousand four. I mean, yeah, so they're 20 years old, <laughs> so I guess they're not that new. You're but not like, into the neo-Western that Logan is? No, not, no. You, no. I mean, I don't, I haven't watched them. Oh. No, I, I mean, these are the old, the old ones. Wow. I would like yeah, you so would like, like Logan. My, my whole thing is like, I love that. I love Wolverine in that All right. series. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, we're going to the audience questions now. I feel like I let you down on those overrated, underrated. No. Six three. Okay, that's pretty high. That's, that's pretty tall. Foot taller than five three. Yeah, that's that's fair. Bad casting. Your argument your argument holds up there. Yeah. All right. Discord. This is a uh, Jason De La Cruz. How would you structure an Olympic weightlifting program for a super busy and high stress grad student? I talked to this guy on Discord. I would do one weightlifting exercise, and if you're tired, just do muscle snatch. Oh. You know, you come in, you do a power snatch or a muscle snatch. You do a front squat or a back squat, and then you do easy bodybuilding stuff. And if you feel like crap, you go easy on the weightlifting exercise. If you feel decent, you push it. And, and that would be four days a week, and you could alter back and forth. And then I would have, like, one of those days you do, like, a front squat into a jerk or something. Oh, my goodness. You're so nice. <laughs> this is Reddit. Sigaper? I don't know if I said that right. So I'm really tall and lanky, 1.9 meters and 82 kilograms. I have really good endurance, but I feel that I'm weaker than my competition. Did you say 192? 82 kilos, 1.9 meters tall. So almost two. Yeah. My PRs uh, are bench 85 kilos, deadlift 140, squat 110, overhead press 50. Any thoughts on these numbers and how much should I improve in this area? What are some standards for this category? Those numbers are not that strong. We'll just start there. Yeah. What, what, what sport? Um, and really good endurance, um, but I'm weaker than my competition. It sounds well, like then, it's an endurance athlete. Yeah. So I would just try and say like, get, get your pulls or let's say if you would do like a, a clean or something, you should be able to clean body weight. I would say, uh, for sure. And do, because he's tall, he could do front squats to a box, back squats to a yeah. box. Maybe basketball too. I would think someone that tall and single, feeling like they're weak. Yeah. Single leg squats and you, you you should be able to bench press 100 kilos so i would just try to do 50 push-ups every single night work on work on your pull-ups um 
man, everybody's just going. Yeah, nuts they're going nuts down, down there, Jim. Uh, it's funny, uh, but I think I think looking at it like, can you add ten kilos over the next year to each lift would be the main focus. And yeah. you can do that. Like set a goal and go over to peakstrength.app. You can pick there we that go. up. Oh, he's a wrestler. I mean, a Greco wrestler, then he's got to definitely. You got to get way stronger. Yeah, a lot stronger, especially in the poles. I would, I would throw in some heavy cleans, literally three days a week, like clean three days a week, all the time as a as a Greco Roman wrestler. Yeah, get stronger. But you could go to Peak Strength that app, and you can actually put in that you want to train specifically for wrestling. You could download that for free. That's going to give you seven free days where you can see the layout, and if you like it. You know, you keep using it, and that's going to help you become a champion. That's going to help you attain that peak strength. If you don't like it, you can cancel during that seven free days. The worst thing that you can do is nothing. This podcast, Garage Strength. Garage Strength Podcast, podcast will turn you into a master of sport. That's right. <laughs> Peace. Later.